The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. And on Sunday, the uh, 31st of July, you're very welcome to Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. And we have a hectic programme for you this evening because we had the first round of the Senior Club, Intermediate Club and indeed more Junior Hurling as well. The All-Ireland Ladies Football Finals were on also today. Uh, we know, I think uh, Kerry, our uh, meat beat Kerry, I didn't see the end of it. And uh, we know Leash defeated Wexford and the Antrim Fermanagh game was a draw. The uh, Euro Ladies Finals has just started. Is, 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 I think it's on. I'm not sure how long it's on now. I haven't been uh, watching it at all trying to get this programme uh, going. If we're looking at it on the screen here, it looks like it's nil all after... 42 minutes and um, so we're, we're going to go out to uh, out to Jenkinstown to Kieran Muldowney uh, just in a second and we'll find out what's happening there on uh, Kieran are you there? No Kieran No that's the Kelly no, we'll get him we'll get him again because uh, just a small issue but that's the title that's the phone mm. yeah okay just a small techly thing here uh, we do have uh, Liam Kelly O'Rourke on the phone Liam we'll get to you in a moment we're just trying to touch base with Kira Muldowney in Jenkinstown at the uh, Freshford O'Loughlin Gales game but we had some cracking games over the weekend and I suppose Liam Kelly O'Rourke he won't like me saying it we'll see what he has to say in a moment at the uh, the game he live commentary on the game in uh, in Greg Demanda today where James Stevens were defeated by Glenmore maybe we'll call that the surprise of the weekend you never talk about a shock uh, in uh, Kilkenny hurling really much but uh, certainly uh, down in uh, Greg Demana today Glenmore put in a stirring performance and uh, we'll hear from Liam Kelly O'Rourke in a moment he was also at the game out on the Kells Road yesterday where an impressive Liz Downey got the better of Mullinavat and he was also on duty in um, in um, John's Park today where Fenians and Pat and Roland Steig played what Pat Tracy called and he was there for some of it as well an old style game let's hear how they're getting on out in Jenkinstown with Kieran Mildowney Freshford and uh, and O'Loughlin Gales in the intermediate Kieran well Nicky uh, all square here seven minutes to go uh, O'Loughlin's 2-12 Freshford 1-15 um, Freshford led by a pint the last time I gave a report there at half time which was 1-11-2-7 the scores have dried up completely since then um, Johnny Fitz got one for uh Freshford, and sorry, no, just breaking up because Jamie Ryan has just put O'Loughlin into the lead there with his second point of the second half. Cahill O'Leary has pointed a couple of frees. Sean Budger's got a point from a free and a point from day for O'Loughlin's, and they've just steadied it a little because Freshford had taken over just before and just after half time. But O'Loughlin's are finishing the stronger here now, but this could still go either way. Six minutes to go, O'Loughlin's leading by a point, uh, 213 to 115. How is Darren Brennan getting on as a wing forward? Uh, he was brilliant in the first half, a little bit quieter in the second half. Now he scored a goal and two points in the first half. The goal was excellent. Um, either two points were very good as well. Uh, but um, the Lachlan's backs have just gotten to grips. They've made a few switches, uh, both uh, in personnel and position. And interestingly enough, now there's a few lads available from the senior match yesterday uh, who are still eligible to play intermediate. But they haven't used them. They've stuck with a completely new panel from yesterday's game and brought on a couple of subs who've made a difference. The likes of Alex Sheridan have been very, very good corner forwards it's coming on but uh, I wouldn't like to call it Nicky it'll go either way alright Kiran we'll be back to you we'll be back to you in a short while to talk about the end thanks Kiran thanks for that that's uh, Kiran Muldowney we thank him for that and have we Liam Kelly O'Rourke on the line there Evening, Nicky. How are you? Liam, you were on. Uh, let's start with the game that you don't probably want to talk to me about, uh, Glenmore and uh, James <laughs> Stevens. A cracking result for Glenmore, and listening to your commentary there with uh, plenty of solid input from Eamon Butler, I think there was no doubt who the better team were. Absolutely not. We'll just maybe give a, a synopsis on this one, Nicky. From a village point of view, firstly, because there's no point trying to hide my colours, um, it was disappointing. I thought in a couple of different aspects on the field, we just weren't up to scratch and the, the enthusiasm of Glenn Moore just overran and had more energy than James Stevens, and obviously the quality was uh, there was a serious difference between the sides as well. Uh, but in fairness to Glenn Moore, a total of one twenty six to twenty points victors on the day, hugely deserving of their. Hello, Liam, you're in battle there on me. Hello. Just never got a grip of him in the first. And um, 
it got a grip on Marine first half, and that really was to their, to their detriment and why they were training. Um, I think it was by five points at the break. Um, Alan, Liam, I'm going to have to leave. I'm going to have to leave it there, Liam. We'll have to, we might have to get you on the phone. That line is breaking down there, and it's uh, making it uncomfortable for listeners. We'll come back to you in a short while, okay? We'll, we might try on on your ordinary handphone, okay? Okay, that's Liam Kelly O'Rourke there. A bit of bother out there with that. We'll try and get him on his uh, on his uh, on the normal phone line there because that uh, quality reception. But meanwhile, out in uh, yesterday, out in Clara, Bennisbridge took on Dixborough, and uh, Kieran Airy has the report on that game for us now. There was a winning start for Bennisbridge in the St. Cancer's Credit Union Hurling League, where the defeat of Dixborough two nineteen to seventeen points in Clara on Saturday evening. Dixborough started the braces with two points from Timmy Clifford and Mark Nolan. This was quickly replied through a Kieran Brennan point. Then Andy Gaffney tapped over two frees to leave a four points to two after five minutes but Nicky Clear added a free for Bennis Bridge which was cancelled by a Killian Buckley point to leave a four points to three heading for ten minutes then Owen Fenley and Bill Sheen tapped over two points for Dixborough from play and another free from Nicky Clear left at seven points to ten at, t- at the ten minute mark Nicky Clear then pointed to an answer freeze before Tom Kenny got in, the, in on the scoring act with a point from play to leave it eight points to six after 15 minutes then two more Bill Sheen points at his third point of the game leave it ten points to seven on the 20 minute mark before Andy Gaffney got his first point to play in the 21st minute to leave it 11 points to seven the next three scores of the first half were all Nicky Clear frees and Dixborough had a narrow margin of 11 points to 10 at half time Bennis Bridge rallied the troops in the second half and opened the score through a Nicky Clear free to leave it all square at 11 points apiece then Timmy Clifford broke through it looked like he was going to get a goal but the ball just went over the crossbar to leave it 12 points to 11 Nicky Clear then pointed another free to level it up at 12 points apiece after 34 minutes but then Liam Blanchfield got an excellent score off his right hand side from the 21 yard line to put Bennis Bridge into a one point lead the first time they led in the game 13 points to 12 after 34 minutes then two unanswered points excellent scores by Jamie Harkin and Kevin Brennan put Bennis Bridge into a three point lead 15 points to 12 then Timmy Clifford added his third point to the game to leave it 15 points to 13 in the 37 minute but then the decisive first goal of the game came through a long range free drop shot from Nicky Clear Liam Branchfield picked it up and he rounded his marker Evan Carroll and buried it at the back of the net to leave it 115 to 16 then Nicky Clear tapped over another free to leave it 116 to 14 points heading for the 45th minute mark Mark Nolan then added a point for play for Dixborough Nicky Clear pointed another free to leave it 117 to 14 points Kieran Britton Brennan and Andy Gaffney exchanged points to leave it 118 to 15 points but then the second goal came from for Bennis Bridge where Liam Branchfield broke onto a ball hand passed it out to Sean Morrissey in his quick thinking tapped the ball to the back of Dara Hoolan's net to leave it 218 to 16 points Dixborough replied through Bill Sheen his four points of the game to leave it 218 to 17 points but then the final score of the game came from the impressive Kieran Brennan to leave it 219 to 17 points an excellent second half display from Bennis Bridge really getting off the mark only had scored one point for play in the first half but um, Dixborough have a lot of work to do only scoring six points in that second half but Bennis Bridge definitely deserving their win so well done there to Bennis Bridge and uh, we'll head back to Liam Kelly O'Rourke you might pick up on that again and because the, the line was breaking up there but a good win there for Glenmore today over uh, James Stevens. Yeah, take two, and absolutely deserving one twenty-six to twenty points winners. Um, just as I, would t- I as I was touching on there before the the line broke up, Alan Murphy was a man that James Stevens really struggled to control in the first half. He was getting on a lot of ball. Obviously, he was their main man on the place ball, but in general play as well, he had a significant impact. Now in the second half, and I think Eamon referred to this in commentary, they got a grip of Alan. Um, but in fairness, and they put Connor Brown on him. But in fairness, Glenn Moore had so much power and numbers that James Stevens couldn't cope, and his brother, as a matter of fact, Owen, really grew into the second half as the game went on. First half, I have to say from a James Stevens point of view, you almost felt lucky because Glenmore were so dominant, they were doing the better hurling, but at the break, they only went in leading um, by five points, and it really, it could have been more and that Alan Murphy goal just before half time put a gloss on the Glenmore scoreline. Um, in the second half then, uh, things changed, Glenmore got a bit more of a flow to the game, they kind of always kept that seven to eight point gap the whole time, and they kept a real grip of the game. I mean, I was really, really impressed with Liam Hennessy at centre-forward. The Murphys take a lot of credit, but he was he was getting dirty, he was getting involved in the action, and not only that, he was getting the second part of the moves dead on on each occasion and slotting them over the bar. He scored some magnificent points during the game. Um, in fairness, James Stevens did work hard. They didn't get the breaks. 
Um, a, couple, a couple of decisions by Morris Flynn I don't think will be too popular in this part of the world tonight. A couple of dubious calls. He let things go that shouldn't have been let go. There was one moment where Conor Brown got a serious blow to the chest from Sean Phelan and that could have been punished more severely than it was. But these are only minuscule things when you reflect on the game. James Stevens weren't up to the standard. They will get better as the league goes on. I have no doubt about that. But Glenmore were deserving winners. If they're to turn around their fortunes James Stevens they'll want to get midfield more into the game a number of their forwards hardly touched the ball I have to say Keane Kenny did play well in the centre but he was performing a man-marking job at times on Alan Murphy and also trying to perform his own game as well so there's little things like that that need to be sorted out and perhaps uh, the puck outs from Gavin Costigan need to improve as well so things like that were to the village's downfall then more really really deserving winners hunted like dogs defensively were so good and they, they turned defence into attacks so so well on so many occasions I can't speak highly enough of Glen Moore but they were 126 to 20 points winners on the day I know that there'll be more on that game tomorrow evening Tell me a little bit then about Liz Downey and Mullinavat Liz Downey an impressive last year and uh, look starting well this year also Yeah that game finished Liz Downey 215 Mullinavat 12 points and uh, I was ticked uh, in contact with John Power a good bit on the Kells Road yesterday and uh, he was a very, very gloomy Mullen Levat uh, um, member of their personnel. It was over at half-time really. Liz Downey were 110 to 4 points uh, leaders at the break and Mullen Levat were just blown out of it. They were they were a team that really, they didn't look up to standard. They looked like a team that enjoyed their summer holidays, shall we say, and just weren't up to the mark. But uh, um, it started off with an unanswered, an unanswered tally for Liz Downey of 1-4 and uh, that was responded to by points from uh, Owen Kelly uh, and uh, David O'Carroll all got on target there in the opening moments and it was 1-4 to a point in the opening moments with Liz Downey in front uh, the opening goal then came um, uh, midway through the first half as Brian Kavanagh uh, slotted the ball to the net after Aidan Tallis opened up the Mullinavat defence effortlessly and uh, Brian Kavanagh stuck it away really well. So that gave uh, Liz Downey a six-point advantage uh, towards the midway mark of the first half. Uh, Brian Phelan from the freeze uh, kept Mullinavat in touch and there was also he was really, really important to, to uh, Mullinavat in the first half, just keeping them, keeping them in touch. But from general play, Mullinavat offered very, very little and went in trading one six to three points. Um, um, coming towards a half time. That half time score was 110 to 4. Going into the second half, then, Mullinavat did show some energy. They did improve. John Walsh scored a magnificent point, 60 yards out in the early exchanges. Willie O'Dwyer also found a point, and it was, and Porrick Gatton also got in on the act as well to make it 110 to 6 points. But Liz Downey were always that bit more in control. And uh, the second goal of the game then came shortly after when Dylan Jordan lobbed the Mullinavat goalkeeper, Sean Fitzpatrick. Um, and tapped the ball home from close range. That made it two eleven to seven points. And really, what was already a, di- a difficult task for Mullinavat got even more difficult. And then, as the game came to a close, there was a, an air of, of inevitability on the Celtic Road as it came to a finish. Adam Mansfield found the target. Uh, he was Mullinavat's star man on the night. He bagged a couple of points towards the end. But uh, Liz Downey strolled to the finish, and they came out on top, two fifteen to twelve points. I suppose to sum up, Liz Downey. Very, very dominant in the first half. Mullinavat had no answer. In the second half, the men from uh, Mullinavat did improve. They showed more energy, but they just left themselves with too much to do. OK, and you popped into John, on your way to Glen uh, Dregnamanis, you popped into John's Park. Now, Pat saw uh, maybe a lot of that game as well, but give me a brief synopsis from you, and I'll, I'll get Pat to just wrap it up then. Yeah, it finished the Rhone Street 117, the Fenians 115. It was a cracking game. And we've seen so many cracking games in the senior championship this year on the inter-county scene. This was a game with a difference. It came in patches. I mean, the Fenians made a bright start, went into an early four points to one lead. Then it was tip for tat for the next couple of moments. Uh, Mark Webster pointed for the Fenians to put them into a six points to three lead after 21 minutes. And at that stage, you'd say the men from Johnstown were having the best of it. But uh, the Rhone Street did kick on and just kept uh, in touch with points from uh, Kevin Murphy and a half-time trail by eight points to six. The second half then is when the game really came alive. Mark Webster gave the Fenians the opening score. Uh, nine points to six was the state of play then. Um, the game ro- rolled on. Uh, two points for the Roernishtig between the 35th and 37th minutes. That made it a ten points to nine game and Johns Park got that bit more edgy. And then uh, the Roernishtig hit a purple patch. From minute 40 to minute uh, 43, I have it, they scored... Uh, five points without reply uh, to uh, 
go in at 13 points to 10 in front and that was the real turning point for the Ruhrnish League. Uh, Richie Lahey was brought up a bit deeper up the field. He, he, long, he got a couple of points. Kevin Murphy, who was a constant threat all day, he scored as well as Jack Walsh and the Ruhrnish League were really, really on top at that point. But uh, quite often in those type of games, teams that are in that position, they kick on. Well, in this case, it was the opposite because the Fenians responded. Uh, they uh, scored five points of their own uh, before their goal uh, with the likes of um, Webster, Kieran Grehan and Pa Duggan all finding the target for the Fenians. And then that crucial goal did come in the 52nd minute when Conor Tobin shot low and hard into the back of the Rornish League net to give them a 115 to 13 point lead at that stage. And you'd be forgiven for thinking that was curtains as far as the game was concerned. People who are uh, familiar with the brand of hurling on show and, and those two clubs probably thought differently though because the Rornish League didn't lie down and they hit back with 2-2 with, uh, uh, in the next phase of the play. Sean Kelly popped over a free. Sean Lester then points the ball over the bar. That narrowed the Fenians lead to 115 to 16 points heading into the final five minutes and then Richie Lahey a really really good goal low and hard underneath the Fenians goalkeeper on the 57th minute made it 116 to 115 and gave the Ronish League back their lead and in fairness from that point they did kick on with David Kelly snatching the late point to seal their 117 to 115 win a great game of hurling it was like a seesaw one minute the Ronish League were on top the next the Fenians were on top cracking game and uh, uh, hopefully more to come but 117 to 115 is how that finished Thank you very much Liam thank you we'll go to Pat for a moment on that but just to say England have just gone into the lead there they've got a goal against uh, West Germany in the European Ladies Final jeez they'll go crackers over there in England if they win this anyway we don't begrudge them Pat we don't well then we put on a mic for you uh, no not at all and uh, it was a little uh, a ball over the top as they say and yeah. someone ran onto it and uh, over the goalie and into the net absolutely mm, anyway look at, I can't uh, we can't go to the ad break we will go in a minute <laughs> without you you were waxing lyrical about that match in John's Park yeah it's a cracking game at 8 points to 6 at half time the Fenians led but you could see the Rory and the Steag were improving on, uh, coming up to half time and uh, you know they just took over in the second half uh, with uh, Jack Walsh Owen O'Brien uh, landing points Richie Lahey as well but uh, it was two inspirational points from um, Shane Ryan he was playing at full back and he came out to the wing and uh, he he slashed over two great points to put, to put them ahead and they led 13 points to 10 then enter Kieran Grehan and uh, as a sub for the the Fenians he landed three points in the next five minutes with Conor Tobin also banging over uh, a point and Mark Webster free and uh, then uh, Conor Tobin uh, as good a finish as you see anywhere ball he was about 25-30 yards out but he placed it a good hard low shot to the corner of the net but uh, it was just the quickness in which he did it stuck it in the net 115 to 13 after 52 minutes and uh, you'd say well the Fenians were on their way but I, a great point by George Murphy George was out on the wing and uh, you know he was uh, tiling away all day but got a good point and then the the uh, a puck out uh, a minute or two later he caught a great ball won a free and uh, that uh, free was converted by David Kelly so then there were only two points in it and uh, the, the Rory and the Steag were, were well back in the hunt and uh, Jack Walsh David Kelly uh, they combined out around uh, the midfield area and Richie Lahey had been moved up to centre forward just kind of crying out for that because uh, the ball was being hit so long there was no midfield play and Richie Lahey was uh, kind of spe- looking up in the sky but he sneaked in behind the defence and uh, they spotted him he stuck the ball in the net 116 uh, to 115 as David Kelly pointed uh, and another couple of frees and they won uh, they scored 1-4 to no score in the end but uh, a right good game and uh, ebbed and flowed and this is the second day now I've seen the Rory and Steve come from 7 points down uh, to go on and win whereas over the last 2 or 3 years in senior uh, once they were headed they never made any it couldn't make any headway so good win for the Rory and Steve against the head as they say OK let's go back out to Jenkinstown it should be all over there Kieran Downey. Yeah, it is all over, Nicky. Victory for Lachlan's. They've won 314 to 116. They finished very, very strong. They scored one, uh, one sixth without reply 
uh, towards the end of the game there. Um, the goal that the goal that sealed it came in injury time. Sean Bulger, good work by Alex Sheridan. He came on as a sub with about 15 minutes to go, and uh, he was out in front and very quick, very dangerous. And he took on his man, got inside. Uh, Jordan Burke in the Freshford goal made a good save from the original shot, but it broke to Bulger. He was only about seven or eight yards out and couldn't miss. Um, Billy uh, Billy Layden, who had also come on as a sub, he got the points. But uh, O'Loughlin's fully deserving of their win. Uh, they probably could have won by more, but in fairness to Freshford, they battled very, very hard on either side of half time. That was their purple period. Um, sure. Darren Brennan had a very good first half with one, two. James Mark came into the game uh, when he came out the field. But uh, overall, Nicky, well deserved win for O'Loughlin's. 314 to 116. Good man, Kieran. Thanks very much for that. That's Kieran out in Jengistown. We better take a break. The voice of the black and amber. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. Yes, very welcome back to uh, Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Very busy weekend with all the big club games starting and uh, we're now heading out to the game yesterday in Callan between O'Loughlin Gales and Greg Ballycallan. O'Loughlin Gales comfortably sought the challenge of Greg Ballycallan in the opening round of the St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling League in John Locke Park yesterday afternoon with a blistering opening quarter after which they led 3 to a pint. It was always going to be a struggle for Greg Ballycallan thereafter, but to their credit they produced a much better second half to narrow the margin at the finish. A big crowd turned up in Callan, no doubt looking forward to what we all hope will be an entertaining and enjoyable Senior Hurling League and Championship in the coming months. O'Loughlin Gales, last year's beaten county finalist, took control of the game from the throw-in. Ono Shea pointed after a minute from a free and five minutes later, Robbie Buckley gained possession from a Jamie Young clearance, and he raced through the Greg Ballycallan defence to grab the game's opening goal. Although Bob Murphy hit a point for Greg Ballycallan, their first score of the game, on seven minutes, the City side took a firm grip on the contest over the next ten minutes to build up a commanding lead. The Gales grabbed a second goal in ten minutes, a brilliantly executed score which started in offence with Hugh Lawler, who sent a delightful pass to wing forward Paddy Deegan. Deegan made further ground before passing to Luke Hogan, who made no mistake from 20 metres. The winner scored a third goal in 15 minutes. Once again, another impressive passing movement started in defence, with Mikey Butler, who delivered impressively to Paddy Butler, and he passed to Connor Kelly, who shot to the net. Points from Luke Hogan too, Robbie Buckley, Oshin Murphy, Paddy Deegan and Jack Nolan saw the winners lead 3-8 to a point entering the second quarter. Greg Ballycallan finally found a way through a dominant O'Loughlin Gales defence when Billy Ryan gained possession and scored a great goal low into the O'Loughlin Gales net from 25 metres. Superb goalkeeping from Kieran Hines saved another O'Loughlin Gales goal and within a minute his side added a brace of points from Sean Ryan to narrow the margin. The fair was much more even in the second quarter but the winner still held a commanding 3-14 to 1-6 interval lead. Greg Ballycallan were far more competitive in the second half but they still faced an uphill battle to overcome their impressive opponents. When Ono Shea scored a fourth goal for O'Loughlin Gales 11 minutes into the second half, there was no way back for Greg Ballycallan. But to their credit, they kept battling away, and they had the better of the exchanges in the closing 10 minutes. Conor Murphy scored a fine goal in 14 minutes, and they missed another great chance of a goal four minutes later. Sean Odewire scored a third goal for Greg Ballycallan close to full time. When he batted the slitter into the net after a close-in, Conor Murphy free had been saved. Four points from Sean Ryan, to which Penny Deegan and Mark Berrigan replied, saw the City side run out impressive 419 to 313 winners at the finish. This game was effectively decided in the first quarter, and while the winners understandably eased off in the second half, manager Andy Comfort will not be happy with the concession at 313. Hugh Lawler at centre-half back was the outstanding hurler on the pitch, but the winners had top-class players in every line of their team. Greg Ballycallan, though, will be heartened by their second-half showing, but they will need a fun contingent of players on board. They were missing a number yesterday if they are not to endure a difficult time in this year's Senior Hurling League. Final score from John Locke Park, O'Loughlin Gales 419, Greg Ballycallan 313. Yes, and I took off then to a Freshford this evening where the a downpour on the way to Freshford and it was a, a wet conditions, tricky for the two teams, but this is how it went. A heavy downpour before throw-in made conditions rather tricky for Tullerone and Aaron's own in Park Lockton Freshford yesterday evening. A greasy ball and a hard surface tested the players, but the two teams coped well in the circumstances. Aaron's own scored two early pints through Dara Brennan after a Conor Fogarty pass, and another from Jamie Hoolhan to set the early pace. Hoolhan's effort might well have delivered a goal had he travelled a little further with the ball. Shane Walsh opened the scoring for Tullerone on five minutes with a point at 65. Bill Gaffney levelled three minutes later when he gained possession from a Paul Buggy puck out to score. There was little between the two teams at this stage as they both popped over a couple of points. Aaron's own though were grateful to their goalie Sean Buggy, who made brilliant saves in the 15th and 20th minutes, denying two good goal-scoring opportunities for the winners. After another bout of Tullerone pressure, 
the goal the winners had been threatening to score arrived in the 23rd minute from Massey Keown, who gained possession after a 65 drop short and the air zone defence failed to clear. Both sides exchanged points in the closing stages of the first half and when the teams retired at the interval, it was Keown's goal that separated the sides. Tullerone won 8, Aaron's own 8 points. The opening minutes of the second half were similar to the first, with little between the two sides, as Shane Walsh, Tullerone and Jack Bogie, Aaron's own, exchanged points from freeze. Garrow Dunn playing in his first season at senior level was a big addition to the Tullerone attack, and he pointed on 8 minutes. Although Jack Bogie responded with a pointed free for Aaron's own, Tullerone were starting to dominate the game, helped by a strong showing from their half-back line of Martin and Park Walsh and team captain Jack Keown. Whenever the ball went in behind that trio, Tommy Walsh mopped it up, setting up yet another Tullerone attack. Aaron's own were now struggling for scores against an improving Tullerone defence, with the winner's attack scoring 1-4 without reply between the 16th and 24th minute to take a firm grip on the game. Good movement throughout the pitch from Tullerone saw Shane Walsh, John Walton, Garrow Dunn and Massey Keown land points, but the score that effectively decided the game came in the 24th minute from sub Jim Moore, who scored his side's second goal. Both sides scored a brace of points before the finish, with Tullerone comfortably ahead when referee Owen Bean called full-time on a score of 2-16 to 13 points. Tullerone had the better balanced team and that was key to their victory. A strong spine down the middle served the winners well and that was particularly evident in the second half. Ayrton's own could not have gotten anything more from the excellent trio of Kieran Wallace, Conor Delaney and Conor Fogarty, but they needed more help from their colleagues. Goalie Sean Buggy, despite conceding two goals, was excellent and his two first half saves were important. Michael Murphy's absence in attack was sorely felt by the Castlecomer side and he is likely to be a long-term absentee with injury. This was a good start by Tullerone. They faced Clara next Saturday evening in the second round and they can expect a much stiffer test. Aaron's own face impressive first round winners this downing in Ballyragget on Friday evening. Final score from Park Lockton, Tullerone 216, Aaron's own 13 points. And we have the final game which was out out in Sunsplash Thomastown today between Clara and Shamrock's Ballyhale. We'll have this, we have this match report here now and uh, the last uh, minute or two then after that of the uh, how Clara won that game. Three points right at the finish from Clara saw them overcome Shamrock's Ballyhale by the narrowest of margins in Sundrench, Thomastown this afternoon in a highly entertaining St. Canis' Credit Union Senior Hurling League game. The final point and winning score for Clara came from John Murphy, and aside from the opening score of the game from Conor O'Shea, it was the only time the winners led in the game. They certainly picked the right time to have their noses in front. Evan Shefton levelled the scores on a minute, and Shamrock's Ballyhale were the better side for much of the opening quarter. Adrian Mullen picked at 11, did most of his hurling further out the field, and he scored four delightful points in the opening half, most from long distance. Four unanswered points for the winners, from Chris Bulger and two pointed frees from Jason Byrne, left the minimum between the sides. But Shamrocks were able to respond every time their opponents got close. Ronan Corcoran and Liam Byrne added points, and Owen Cody might well have scored a goal, but for a brilliant save by Kevin Olin on 23 minutes. Shamrocks had edged 12 points away ahead on 26 minutes, when some sloppy defensive play from the reigning county champions saw Clara gain possession from a turnover ball, and Paul Cody fired to the Shamrocks net. Owen Cody from play and freeze pushed Shamrocks further ahead, but two mighty long-range points from Liam Ryan for Clara left the half-time score at Shamrocks Valley Hale, 15 points. Clara won 10. Points from Liam Ryan and a Jason Morden free tied the game immediately on the restart. Shamrocks immediately responded at the other end with Owen Cody setting up Niall Shortle for a goal. Straight from the puck out, Cody again gained possession and after some nice interplay among a couple of attackers, he almost grabbed another goal, but the ball went out for a 65, which he pointed. Ronan Corcoran scored a brace of points after good play for the Shamrocks, but the free taking of Jason Byrne was continuing to be important to Clara. Midway through the second half, Shamrocks led 121 to 114 and Clara faced an uphill battle to get into the game. But they kept plugging away with Jason Byrne, another free and Liam Ryan pointing only for Derek Harkin and the superb Nile Shortle to cancel out those scores with points of their own. It did appear that Shamrocks were doing enough to stay a little ahead of Clara, but to the credit of the winners, they were excellent in the closing 10 minutes. They scored 1-2 without reply, and now the game was in the melting pot. The points from James Nolan and Jason Burden another free, and when Paul Cody won possession, he raced through a stagnant Shamrocks defence and hit a low shot to the net to score his and his side's second goal. That goal left the minimum between the teams, but Shamrocks appeared to have settled again when Owen Cody pointed from a free. Clara Doe were now playing with greater confidence, and three unanswered points from Conor O'Shea, Jason Borden and John Murphy had remarkably edged Clara ahead by a point into injury time. But there would be one more twist when referee Owen Hayes awarded a free to Shamrocks for a foul, 
Owen Cody stepped up to take the free, straight in front of the post, but 50 metres out. Cody had been unerring all afternoon, but struck the shot wide, much to the relief of the Clara players and supporters. The final whistle went almost immediately, and a game that seemed well out of Clara's reach midway through the second half was finally won by a team showing plenty of heart and commitment. Shamrocks will be disappointed not to have at least secured a draw in Thomastown this afternoon, but we should say that they lined out today without TJ and Richie Reid, Joey Holden and Colin Fenley. Final score from Thomastown, Clara 222, that's 28 points. Shamrock's Ballyhale 124, that's 27 points. Yeah, fine game down there today. Look, I'll hold the last few minutes there. We just might be caught on time. But before we go to the next break, uh, I'll just have the uh, report from Conor Brennan on Connie and St. Martins. And then we'll have more intermediate after that from Pat Tracy on the Glen, on the Danes Fort Munkine game. And Richie Power has a couple of intermediate games to report on as well. So we'll do that after the break. But first of all, we'll have the uh, Conaghy Martins report from Conor Brennan and then we'll head into the break. Michael Ling Motors Intermediate Hurling League Connie Shamrocks 317 St Martins 213 A strong final 10 minutes from Connie Shamrocks eventually saw off the challenge of St Martins in their opening round clash of the Michael Ling Motors Intermediate Hurling League played in Cannon Kearns Park Castlecomer yesterday evening Both sides had their periods of dominance throughout the game but it was Connie who found an extra gear when it was needed to build a winning lead towards the final whistle The opening exchanges were even as the teams swapped early scores Edmund Delaney from both play and freeze, Tom Phelan and James Bergen all found their mark for Conaghy Shamrocks early on, while Brian Cody, Joe Marr, Dan Comfort and Shane Kinsleff from freeze were also finding the range for St Martins. The first goal of the game went the way of St Martins when Dan Comfort broke through to lay off a pass to Brian Cody who finished impressively to the net, but Conaghy responded well to this setback and points from Tom Phelan, Donald Brennan and the unerring Edmund Delaney saw Conaghy retake the lead and hold it until the half time break with them leading 11 points to St Martin's 1-6 at the whistle. Connie enjoyed the ideal start to the second half when James Bergen laid off a pass to Mark Gunner who had no difficulty finishing to the St Martin's net but soon after St Martin's responded with their second goal when after Carol Downey, Connie goalkeeper initially made a fine save Dan Comfort was on hand to whip the rebound back into the Connie net. Once again, there was little between the sides as they swapped points over the preceding 10 minutes. Edmund Delaney was on top form in producing scores for Connie at this time and indeed throughout the game as he scored 12 points in all from play and freeze. Connie took heart from this and when Tom Phelan broke through to slam the ball to the net for their second goal, it opened up a four-point lead. St Martins responded with two more points from Shane Kinsla, a free, and John Mulhall, which could have easily been a goal, but however, the St Martins challenge was eventually killed off when late on James Bergel capitalised on a breaking ball to find room to score a fine goal. This was followed by an Edmund Delaney pointed free which finished the scoring and left Connie with a slightly flattering seven point victory. It won't matter much to, for Connie who will be delighted to get up and running with their win as they face Brundamagan in round two next Friday night. For St Martins they must hope to bounce back quickly as they take on Young Ireland's next weekend in round two. The final score from Cannon Currents Park in Castlecombe was Connie Shamrocks 317, St. Martin's 213. The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Jadwick's Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport. Yes, you're very welcome back to the programme. We immediately go to Richie Power. Richie, you were at uh, Donamagan and Thomastown yesterday and a good win for Thomastown. They were impressive. Yeah, they were very impressive, uh, N- uh, Nicky. Um, they, they won the they won the game two eighteen to twelve points, and uh, they just moved through the gears and ran out comfortable winners in the, in a wet Valley Hill yesterday evening. Uh, Thomas will be very happy with this result, considering there are still eight players to come back into the panel. They're out with injuries, and some of them are away in America. So, big result for Thomas Down. Uh, Dunamagan had the best of the first five minutes with Luke Fitzpatrick getting their score from play. And then, in, from the fifth to the twelfth minute, uh, Thomas Down hit 1 4. The goal coming from uh, Stephen Donnelly, who was very, very busy all, all, uh, all for the 60 minutes. Thomas Town's work rate was excellent, I thought, uh, all over the field. But their shooting left them down, and on, a, on, another, on another evening, they would have been way ahead at half-time. Uh, Dunamagan's best player, Owen Carney, uh, kept Dunamagan in the game, and they were only three points uh, behind with five minutes uh, to half-time. 
in the 27 minutes, a long delivery from the Thomastown half-back line. Uh, it got inside the Dunhamagan uh, half-back line. It just flew off, the, off a wet surface and uh, number uh, towards the Dunhamagan goal. And Dylan Caulfield got on the ball and he made or he, he made uh, it made towards goal and he offlaid it and um, the goal for Thomastown. Big, big score in this game, Nicky. You know, it put six, uh, six points in it at half-time, whereas Dunhamagan were hanging in and hanging in. But that was a big score in the game. Five of the Dunhamagan scores coming from the, the stick of Owen Kearney. So Owen Kearney had five of the first six points uh, Dunhamagan scored. Thomastown kept the scoreboard kicking over uh, early in the second half and their full back line kept Dunhamagan's two danger men, Luke, uh, Luke Fitzpatrick and Dennis Welch, very quiet for the hour. Thomastown uh, were very impressive all over the field and their, their half-back line and, and Robbie Donnelly were excellent. Robbie was excellent on freeze all night on a wet, and, you know, with a wet ball and, and slippy conditions, but he was outstanding. I thought the Thomastone backs were, were very, very good on the night. Peter MacDonald, Richie O'Hara was very good at full-back. Uh, Robbie Donnelly and Dylan Waugh in the middle of the field, they, they got the better of, of, um, of Andy Hickey and Andrew Fitzpatrick. But Dylan Caulfield, Stephen Donnelly and John Donnelly, Gary Lahan they were, and Jack Owen, these are new, new players on the Thomastone team. They, they really, really worked hard and they were very impressive winners and 218 to 12 points. For Dunhamagan, like I said, Owen Kearney got nine of their 12 points. He was their, their, their standout player. But uh, it was a tough afternoon for uh, Dunhamagan. I, I was expecting Dunhamagan not to be so successful at underage level for the last couple of years to be a, a serious contender this year. But it was a poor night for, for Dunhamagan on the night. Okay. Uh, yeah, and right. Thanks, Richie. And of course, Richie, you put in a good show today yourselves. You defeated Young Ireland. Yeah, Nicky, this is a this is a, a strange kind of a game. Um, like Terry Shock uh, got off, got out of the blocks fierce early, and they were very, very impressive for 16 minutes. And you know they, they got a goal after two minutes from Owen O'Neill after after very good work from Kevin Farrell. Uh, they were you probably you'd have to say they were in total control all over the field in this first uh, uh, the first 16 minutes, and they were one nine three points ahead. But Young Ireland kept hurling, and in fairness to them, they kept uh, plugging away. And with the defence getting on top, particularly the half-back line of um, Paddy, uh, Patrick Brennan, Paddy Langton and Seamus Farrell, they had, they had a super last 15 minutes of the, of the first half. And they tipped away, and, and they, they brought the game to a six-point game at half-time um, with, with um, Gordon scoring five, five points without reply. Shock pushed it out to nine points with scores from Jamie Power, Michael Wright and Owen O'Neill early in the second half. Sean, Sean Farrell, Sean Carey and Sean Farrell got three back for, uh, for, for Gordon. And then uh, probably in the 22nd minute, uh, Nicky, this game turned on its head. Um, Gordon were rewarded a penalty and... Um, Dan Blanchfield and the Kershaw goals stood solid and he saved it and it was a big turning point and a minute later Young Ireland were down to 14 men with Michael Welsh getting a straight red in an off the ball incident uh, like Kershaw saw out the last 10 minutes with their second goal coming from Kevin Farrell after good work from Owen O'Neill uh, Ted Ray got, uh, got his Young Ireland's goals roughly in the 32nd minute of the second half but uh, an impressive uh, an impressive performance from Kerry Shock and what I said the penalty being saved was probably a turning point if that, if that goal had gone in there would have been only three points in it and I'd say it would have come right down to the wire end but that was a big turning point in the game the final score was Kerry Shock 218 Young Ireland's 112 Richie, thanks Richie for that. We appreciate your help and we'll talk to you shortly. Okay, take care. All right. That's Richie Power. Okay, we have one intermediate match left. That was uh, a cracking game between Danes Fort and uh, Moonkine, and uh, Pat Tracy was at that game for us. Yeah, uh, 20 points for Danes Fort and 19 for Moonkine. Moonkine will feel they left it behind. When Paul Hennebury put Moonkine ahead for the second time in as many minutes in the 59th minute after uh, converting a harsh free for overcarrying, Moonkine looked like winners as they had hit six of the previous eight points and the momentum was with theirs uh, with the winning line in sight but somehow Danes Ford conjured up the last two scores with Jack Bruton pointing from 40 yards and last year's Kilkenny minor Ben Whitty converting a difficult 50 yard free out on the right wing to nudge Danes Ford a point ahead. 
Dave's fourth dominated the first half with Gary Tynan helping himself to four points. The winners had eight different scores in that half and led 14 points to eight at the break. Three early points from Moonkine and three wides for Dane's fourth set the platform for the second half and Paul Hennebury and James Elward driving uh, the Southerners forward from the half-back line. Two points adrift in the 37th minute. Two valuable points came from Cahill Carney and Ben Whitty stretched it back to four but Moonkine were dominant and they edged ahead in the last five minutes 18-17 and uh, but a monster free from Patrick Hogan levelled it at 18 points apiece uh, before that Paul Hennebury free and Dale's fourth uh, two uh, last scores edged them ahead uh, Moonkine will be feeling maybe they left it behind Dale's fourth delighted to get the win in their opening game they go on to play O'Loughlin Gales in the next round Good man, Pat. Thanks for that. Right, we're going on to uh, Junior now, and uh, we have a report in, obviously, from uh, Mary Bork on the Emeralds match. Do that in a moment, but first we have John Henriques, and uh, we have to go to Jerry Drennan after that. John Henriques, uh, Callan and uh, Clonine played out a draw in clock yesterday. Tell us a bit about it. They did, Nicky. On the face of it, surely could be considered a moral victory for the Clunine men against what would have been a highly fancy John Locke's outfit. Make no mistake about it, the Clunine lads were not flattered by their performance as they showed a strong modicum of determination and spirit. As a game, it was very ordinary with very little of the requisite skills of the game in evidence. By the halfway stage of the first half, Clunine led 1-2 to the Callan outfit's two points. Their goal was a fortuitous effort as Bernard Buggy hit a free which seemed to surprise Brian Doherty in the Callan goal and Michael Doyle pounced to put the ball into the back of the net. The Thlunine support exhaled a huge sigh of relief in the 18 minutes when a badly taken penalty by Dara Bergen yielded nothing. Bergen made up later with some well-taken frees, in particular before the break when shooting four-pointed frees, aided by a Graham Gorey minor to see his side retire, leading by seven points to 1-2. By the end of the third quarter, there were still two points between the sides as the game progressed to unimpress. By the 28-minute, Pori Clooney brought the sides level. The game petered out to its inevitable draw, and I suppose when viewed in the cold light of hindsight, neither side deserved to win. In all honesty, when you examine the scoring of the sides in the second half, Clooney scored six points, three from freeze, while the Callan effort yielded four points, two from freeze. Both sides will look forward to better performances down the line, Nicky. John, thank you very much for that. We appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks, Bobby. John. Okay, now we'll uh, Pat will be getting Jerry Drennan on the line, but I'll report in from uh, the Emeralds and uh, Barra Rangers. The Emeralds opened the scoring with a point from Owen Moriarty. This was followed with three more from play for the Emeralds and two from freeze by Connor Martin. Paddy Purcell picked up two points from freeze for Barra Rangers. Emeralds dominated this opening quarter with their centre half back Sean Bork and their midfield showing good form. Barra Rangers were strongest in the half back line with Paddy Purcell solid at centre half back. After 50 minutes, the score was six points to Emeralds, two points to Barra Rangers. Barra Rangers picked up around the 20th minute with their half forward line picking up points from play Emeralds answered just before half time with points from Liam Grant Adam Barneville and Owen Moriarty and half time score was uh, 14 points to 8 in terms of the Emeralds the second half opened with the Emeralds slotting over 2 points early in that half and Barra Rangers showed better promise with a goal from Jack Kelly followed by a point Emeralds did come back strong with the half back line cleaning up is the word we're getting here after 14 minutes Killian Doyle he's the young man who played with the Kenny under 20 seek gold for the Emeralds leaving the score as 118 to 110 after 15 minutes into the second half Bar Rangers began to dominate at midfield at first uh, at the first part of the last quarter again the Emeralds stayed strong delivering quality ball into the forwards who finished with some 9 points and a goal from a penalty from Conor Martin so the uh, strongest for Bar Rangers were fullback Kevin Purcell and midfielder Jack Kelly while Sean Burke was the star man for the Emeralds at centre half back with Conor Martin also in top form up front and the final score there was Emeralds 223 Barra Rangers 115 with our thanks very grateful to you Mary Burke for that we do very much appreciate it and uh, I call this game the one maybe the game of the weekend but I'll call my travel down to Tullaher and I'm afraid they came home um, not too good Jerry Drennan Tullaher got the better of you 
Correct, yes, Nicky. Uh, Tuller, Ross Birkin, 20 points, Galmai, 12, and Tuller were full value for their 8-point victory. Um, much more physical and imposing Tuller side dominated from the start when Keane O'Donoghue scored two line balls within the first two minutes of the game. Conor Hennessy, who had a great game of centre-forward, followed up at a point, and that left a three points to nail before Galmai got on the scoreboard when Conor Drennan pointed a free following a foul on Kevin Duggan. Conor Hennessy and Oshin Phelan exchanged points then. Phelan's point came from uh, Kevin Duggan kick across the field to leave it 4-2. Tuller kicked on a bit then with uh, points from Keane O'Donoghue and two frees from Keane O'Donoghue which Conor Drennan replied with frees for uh, Galmai to leave it 7 points to 4. In the 20th minute a Tuller player was uh, issued with a straight red card for a headbutt on a Galmai player. The sending off really had no impact on the game as Tuller went on to dominate the game and at half time they led 10 points to 6 for a new half Anthony O'Connor at wing forward opened the Tuller scoring and Conor Drennan replied with a monster out of defence for Galmai Oshin Phelan added another and that was as close as Galmai were to get 11 points to 8 as Tuller dominated with Danny Glenn taking over the free taking duties for Tuller and pointing 2 and Conor Hennessy also adding a a very good point after a catch and strike. Hennessy was very dominant up the middle of the Tullaher um, offence and he ran through on several occasions. He ran through in the 45th minute to hit their 15th point of the day while Oshin Phelan replied to leave it 15-9. Six points in it. But for the remainder of the game, Tullaher were on top with Pat Hartley in in particular at fullback, 36 years of age, dominating in the air, clearing ball after ball and finding his forwards with ease. The Galmai defence, on the other hand, struggled to compete with Conor Hennessy and also Danny Glennon in the second half. Only Garrod Phelan and Nigel Stanley held their own in defence, while up front, Oshin Phelan, who had four points in play, and Conor Drennan, who ended up with eight, seven from freeze, were the only ones to trouble the Tullerher uh, defence. Colin O'Sullivan and Conor Hennessy did very well for Tullerher, but at the end of the day, Tullerher were deserving winners, 20 points to 12 on the first round of the championship. Jerry, we appreciate that. Thanks, Jerry. We'll talk to you next weekend. No problem. Take care of that. It's Jerry Drennan. Now, just one other game that was played. Uh, we don't have a report on it, but it was Dixborough 324, Moonkind 216 in the Junior Hurling League Section B. Now, all that means is that, that Liz Downey still remain on top on eight points from James Stevens on eight points. The Borough move up to four points, level with the Roar in the Steag. Shamrock's Valley Hale on three, Moonkind on two, along with Clara and Zone on one. So that uh, competition is moving ahead. There's four rounds played on that, played in that competition. Now, the um, just we got a text in from Benjamin about Red relegation this year. We don't have a definitive but we're, Pat and I are assuming, Benjamin that um, normal service will be resumed. In other words, the type of relegation where the, the latter two teams in each group will cross over and uh, the relegation will come from within that group. We assume that that's what's going to happen uh, on uh, this year but uh, we wait for clarification on that. We're heading up now. We still have a little bit of time left. Let's get the racing results and uh, I'll call out the results today. The Rover in Galway, it was the 2 o'clock the Adair Manor Opportunity Handicap Hurdle for First, uh, teed up six to four, four to, four to six favourites. Second, Larry at sixteen to one, and third, Amir Bagatelle four to one. The winning trainer there was Emmett Mullins, and winning jockey Connor Clark. Two thirty to the Kenny Handy Galway Handicap Hurdle. First, um, first was uh, Nathaniel. We get it up here on the screen. Nathaniel Dream was first at uh, twelve to one. Second was Percival Legolas, a French horse at uh, hundred to thirty, and third was Kells Prairie at um, ten to one. Let me see now. We have we lost uh, those, so we'll get we'll get him in a, we'll get him in a moment. Um, hold on, we get the we get the next race. That's when you haven't got the uh, when you haven't got your right guys here in front of you here to tell you about all the races. Um, uh, Pat Tracy, in terms of the games this weekend, uh, what do you think were the uh, surprises? Was Glenmore defeating James Stevens? Yeah, and I think the manner in which uh, the amount the, the scores that uh, Glenmore got, uh, you know, you'd always look at James Stevens being solid in defence, but uh, Glenmore seemed to run through him and uh, right through the game. Uh, I, I, James Stevens came back a bit in the third quarter, but uh, Glenmore just pulled 
pulled ahead again and uh, were full value for their victory. So, but uh, I suppose overall the 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 thing of the, uh, looking at the score lines uh, over the the intermediate and senior and that this weekend uh, to, there were high scoring games generally, you know, and uh, that uh, um, to I suppose maybe it's the time of the year, maybe it's the first round and all the rest. So, but uh, I just have a feeling that we won't see real form for a few weeks yet. I think you might be right. Yeah, the winning trainer in that second race was Tony Martin and Sean O'Keefe, the jockey. Uh, the next one, 305, the Ellen, Ellen Kelly Memorial Chase. First, um, Paula Tess, uh, 9 to 4. Second, uh, Bally Overdozen, 11 to 12, uh, 11 to 10 favourite. And uh, Snugborough at 33 to 1 was third. The uh, 340, the Lord Hempel Memorial Handicap Chase. First, number one, Vado Forte, 16 to 1. Second, the Benefit Run, 13 to 2. And third was Ferdia, 11 to 4 favourite. Gordon um, Elliott and Jack Kendi were the winning combination there on that one. 410, the Irish uh, Stallion Farms, EBF handicap. First, uh, current option, 11 to 2. Second, uh, number 12 on a session, 13 to 2. And third, number 17, Lafamine at 14 to 1. Um, Aidan McGuinness and Kieran Redmond, the people in uh, charge there. 440, the Irish EBF auction series, uh, Maiden. First, number 10, Evening Empire, 11 to 4. Second, number 8, Roman Moon, t- uh, 12, 11 to 2. And third, Rattling Home, 5 to 2 favourite. Um, Eddie and Patrick Harty and Chris Hayes, the combination there. 510, the Ireland West Airport Handicap Hurdle. Knock Airport Handicap Hurdle. Joe Masseria, uh, 9 to 2. Number 2 is first. Second, number 7, Mr. Trinket, 12 to 1. Third, number 4, Lady Arwen, 4 to 1, joint favourite. The combination there was Noan Meal and Colin Keane. And finally, the 540, the Father Memorial Flat Race. Uh, first, number 3, No Risk, No Fun, Evans favourite. Second, number 4, Spread Boss Ted, 85, 85 to 40. Never saw those as before. I did blur to exchange, explain all that to me. And third, number 2, Mon Coer, 5 to 1. Willie and um, Willie Mullins uh, doing the business there. That game in uh, Wembley is uh, was one all. Germany managed to get a great goal near the finish. They're playing extra time, so the Lionesses, as they call the English team, have still a little bit of sweating to do before they can uh, win that particular game. And uh, Max Verstappen, he won the Grand Prix in Hungary today and uh, came from 10th place. And Pat Tracy, I, uh, I was on a junkers one time and I got to see the Hungarian Grand Prix and a bit it was on and Kilkenny were actually playing Waterford at the same day in Croke Park I think it could have been an All-Ireland semi-final it wasn't a final anyway and I managed to listen to the latter stages of the commentary on a phone in um, in Hungary now I have to say mm. I was a junket and I got it from Vodafone so the cost of the phone was obviously picked up by Vodafone to let me hear the last of the game so I, I've had a, I've had an interest in the Hungarian Grand Prix ever since so there you go Right uh, so, I wonder is this soccer match and destined to end on a penalty shootout in England losing oh don't go there we'll never hear the end of it now I, I listen to a fair bit of uh, English radio and uh, it's all today it's all about uh, about this game tonight it's um, look at it it's, it's fantastic to see women's sport we saw it today in, in Croke Park with the three women's games as well it's making a huge impression and uh, I suppose what we will do now is Pat Bott will send out an invitation if there's any young lady would like to be part of the sports team we would love to have you on board just talk to Pat anytime in the studio studio, ring us in here, we'd love to have you on board, um, but a, a good start to the club scene Pat, I know you're right, quite right when you say that the real form probably won't be seen for a while but it was good to get out there and uh, even though it was a bit wet yesterday evening, it was good to get the club scene underway I had, uh, And uh, very entertaining games uh, as well you know, so it's um, uh, and it's about the people you meet there as well and uh, it's all uh, it was great now I really enjoyed them very very decent crowds now and it's uh, now next weekend of course the All-Ireland Camogie final is on Sunday which means the club games will actually go ahead on Friday and Saturday and uh, again we'll be at all of those games we don't have the schedule we know what games are on but we'll uh, Pat will get cracking on the schedule to see if we will be commentating on any of those we got great reaction to the two games today so look that's about it for Sunday we'll do it all again tomorrow night on the TC Terrors World of Gaelic Games with uh, Kieran Nari and uh, probably Kieran Madonna will be here as well myself and Pat will be here and we'll, uh, we'll talk on different versions of what happened at the weekend of course and uh, we get we have to build up to the All-Ireland Camogie final next Sunday where we hope Brian Dowling and his team uh, will capture another All-Ireland title he was an interesting spectator at the O'Loughlin Games O'Loughlin Gales game yesterday so Tommy Dowd is coming up next with uh, plenty of country and Irish and uh, we do hope that uh, whatever games you're at at the weekend you enjoy them even if maybe the team you were supporting just didn't quite uh, deliver the result that you were expecting until uh, tomorrow evening and Sunday